Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Praise the Lord. So, so Lamentations, Lamentations, look at this. Lamentations chapter 5 verse 19 says, You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. So first off, saints of God, let me just give you a little foundational stuff here before we get right into the crux of the message. Our God, first and foremost, is a generational God. The Bible says he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In other words, each generation had a responsibility for ensuring that the will of God was to be revealed in the land. So from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph to Moses to Jesus to Paul, all of these men had a responsibility to their nation to make sure that people, by their example, followed the Lord. So there was one last little three-letter word I could have placed at the very end. It's called Y-O-U. So as it was with them, so it is for us that we have a responsibility to make sure that this nation follows the Lord. And so it's going to be by your example. It's going to be how you treat people. It's going to be how you go to church. It's going to be how much of the word you read. It's going to be taking the time to sit down with people who may not believe like you, that you're not trying to convince them to be saved. You're just trying to befriend them. You want them to drop the walls so that they can see your love. Because the way you reveal God to people is by the love that you show them. For the Bible says that you shall know my disciples by their fruit. You don't know disciples by the size of the church or how big the ministry is or how big the company is or how many friends you got. Your fruit will be seen. And that fruit is the fruit of the spirit. It's going to be love, the joy, the patience, the self-control, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the kindness. If you're not kind to people, you have no fruit. There was nothing mean about how Jesus led people to the Lord, and we have to take his cue. So I got a couple of questions for you. What kind of generational impact will you create that will change the fate of this nation? So now somebody say he's talking about me. I came to make this thing personal today. I came to make it personal because I want to know what are you going to do? Now, this is rhetorical, so you don't have to answer me, but I'm just saying I want you to think. What are you going to do to change what's going to happen in this nation? Now, I'm not, not just talking about, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to take care of my family. Well, that's your, that's your responsibility anyway. But your cup don't run over. See, your cup runs over when you're outside of your responsibilities, Right? That's when your cup runs over. God can use you in a multiplicity of ways if you're willing to step off the boat of comfortability and just say, God, use me anyhow. I don't understand how it's going to work. I'm a little confused at how it's going to work. I don't know who's going to help me to make it work. I don't know how much money I need to make it work. I don't know if it's going to fail if I try to make it work. But God, I know I'm going to get off of this boat because I want my faith to be activated and it can't be activated without change. It would be just as crazy if you go to Walmart with a $100 bill. Don't go in there with the cash. So it would be just as crazy. You go in there, right, with a $100 bill. Don't go after 10 o'clock. 
because they shut down all of the 20 items of list. See, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. I found myself there one night after 10 o'clock with two items behind 10 people with 40 items. I knew y'all was praying for me that night. But I digress. It would be just like you go into Walmart, you got a $100 bill, you're only buying an item for $2. And you say, well, this is the, the only bill I got. I got a $100 bill, but it's $2. So you give them the $100 bill, you take your little $2 item, and then you walk off, right? What? What? what oh, sorry. <laughs> I got to go back and get my $98, right? What's that? That's your change. Why? Because you bought it. See, Jesus Christ said, I bought you with a price, and what I'm looking for is my change. He paid a high price for us all, amen? And what Jesus Christ is looking for is his change. How are you going to change? So in other words, when, when the man at the wedding, he, he, he invited everybody to the wedding, right? And he said, man, everything is ready. Everybody had already said that they were going to be there. And when the wedding was ready, when everything was ready, when the food was ready, when somebody spent some money already. Everything is ready. Now I want you to come. And I said, well, you know, I got stuff. You know, I really uh, got to go do something else. And so guess what? He said, listen, that's no more problem. No problem. Go out into the highways and the byways and just invite people into the wedding because all things are ready. And so when one of the men came in, y'all know this story. It's a parable, but I'm paraphrasing a parable. I know it's not good to do that, but that's what I'm doing today. I'm paraphrasing a parable, but the man came in. He, I'm much like one of us, and he came in, and you know, when you go to a wedding like that, you do get the clothes. They already got the clothes for you. All you got to do is put the clothes on, and you're supposed to put the clothes on because the person who had the wedding already had the clothes for you. And so there was one man that didn't put the clothes on and the owner came in and said friend how did you get in here and not change see it would be just as detrimental if somehow you slipped into heaven <laughs> and Christ comes to you and said friend how did you get up in here and you didn't change when you was down there? Uh -huh. Oh, I know that was tight, but it was right, wasn't it? I know you wasn't looking and your mouth was open. I know it. I know it. I know it. It wasn't even in my notes. Somebody needed to hear it. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Praise the Lord. So can I continue? All right. I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am a change agent. For this, for this generation. Come on. I am, I am a, change a change agent for this generation. this generation. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to leave a generation of blessings. Amen. Not curses. Amen. Or cursing, like the King James Bible says. So I want to be a blessing to other people. So I want God to bless me, what? To be a blessing. That's why we want God to bless us. We're not, we don't, well, most of us don't. <laughs> We want God to bless us to be a blessing. That's why the prayer, you guys still saying the prayer? I told you 30 days, but it's been over about 45, 50 days now. You remember the prayer? That we would have what? Power with God. Power with God. 
power with God. Now, are, are any of you seeing the results of that prayer by a show of hands? I know we are because we just got some favor that just blew my mind. I'm just like, I don't even, I just said, God, thank you for the prayer. Right? But then we went from that prayer to the prayer of Jabez. Remember what it was? Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me and that I cause no pain. Boy, that's a good prayer right there. You didn't even have to stay in the prayer closet for five hours, 23 minutes, and five seconds. Man, I just gave you a little prayer. You can say that in your car going to work. Oh, God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Because he will enlarge your territory because that territory was yours in the first place. All you have to do is go out and get it. See, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, when they came out of the place of bondage, the land filled with milk and honey was already theirs. All they had to do was go and get it. And for somebody that's sitting in this room right now, God has already pre- has a prepared place for you, but you're sitting. And God says you can have it if you get up and go get it. I've already enlarged the territory, but you have to possess it. It's just like people sitting back and they're just waiting on God. What are you waiting on God for? He's already done it. Well, you know, I'm just waiting on God. What? You know, he's not going to die another time, right? He's already shed his blood, and all we have to do is appropriate what God already has for us. See, see, I get so sick of hearing Christians talking about, well, the devil and the devil and oh, the devil. Well, well, what is it about you that attracts devils to you? Because my Bible, I don't know, my, your Bible might be read a little bit different. Let me read a little bit different. In my Bible, my Bible says when Jesus came in the areas that the demons flew from Jesus. Okay, so maybe by definition, I might have something a little misconstrued because I thought flew from Jesus meant that they left Jesus. That's right. So flying from Jesus, that's not the same thing as being attracted, right, is it? Oh, okay, because I was, I was raised in Alabama. So I'm just trying to make sure that my definition of repelling something is not the same understanding of attracting something. So if the light repels darkness, there is no light in demons. Then how can they be around you? That's why they had to take testimony service away from church. Didn't nobody know how to testify that. Uh, uh, first giving honor to God and saints and friends. You know, the devil was with me last night. And <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's why I don't have testimony service. Y'all just don't know how to testify. Uh, the devil doing with you. What were you doing? With, why was he so comfortable with you? And why are you? Why is the church okay with that? They don't know no better. Praise God, devils, demons are not supposed to be around you, saints. If they are, do you need to turn your light on? How do you turn the light on? You get into this word until you don't see every one of them. And I looked that up. That is in the dictionary. Airy. 
I thought it was a ghetto thing, but it's actually in the dictionary. Check this out. This is a generational change agent. He said, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Now, that sounds like a man who knew what he was going to do. That sounds like a man's voice that was ready to change a generation, and actually he did. So this is the issue here, saints of God. People want to do things, but not at the cost of something. I will help you as long as it don't cost me anything. As long as I don't have to give too much time. I don't want to give up too much of my resources. I'm right there with you, but please don't tell me that I need, you need two hours of my time. David said it this way when, when he, the man was going to give him the vengeance. He said, I can't take anything from you and appropriate that to God that costs me nothing. So in other words, saints, what are you willing to sacrifice to make a change? Because if you're going to be a generational change agent, something is going to have to be sacrificed. That's what Pastor Tim talked about today, being a living sacrifice. When you're dead, God can't use you on the earth. For the Bible said after Moses died, they wept. And God says, why are you weeping? Get up. He stepped over the dead body of Moses and said, Joshua, go. Can God point at you like that today and say, go? Because he can't use you if there's no breath in you on the earth. He's trying to make a difference here. See, God didn't want you to get saved so that you can die and come fill up heaven. If that was the case, he could have saved you and killed you. See, God wants you to make a difference here on the earth. That's why the prayer is in heaven as in, in, on the earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, that prayer says, God, whatever is taking place in the heaven, I want it to take place in the earth. But it goes a little bit deeper than that, saints of God, because we are earthen vessels. We are treasure. We have treasure in earthen vessels. So when you pray that prayer, you say, in heaven as it is in this earth. So if there's no weakness in heaven, there's no weakness in this earth. Amen. So your prayer should be, God, if it's in heaven, I want to operate it in the earth, in my life, right? Amen. Amen. So there's no weakness, there's no sickness, there's no lack. There's no poverty in heaven. Therefore, poverty is not in my life. Amen. Hello, somebody. Because being rich is not about a check. Prosperity is not about a check. I'm prosperous right now. You can look at me and tell I'm prosperous. Now, I might not have a bank account that I want, but, but my prosperity is not determined by my bank account. My prosperity started the day I said, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner. Save me from myself. Death, hell, and the grave. That's the day I became rich. Because no matter what I got in my bank account, I'm going to still be with Jesus when his old days are gone. Can somebody say Amen. Can I give you another change agent? How about this one right here? He said, during my lifetime, I have dedicated myself to this struggle of the African-American or the African people. I'm sorry. I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I have, I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and a free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunity. It is an ideal which I hope 
to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared. You will never change a generation until you are prepared to die. Amen. Amen. This is why I take a stand for righteousness and for godliness, and I do not care about being politically correct because I'm taking a stand. Somebody said enough is enough. I'm saying that, saints of God, is because too many of us are running in the closets while some other ones are running out. And this is the time as the church of the living God to take a stand for what's right. I don't care what people tend to believe. I believe this word regardless of the culture. Now, I'm not a pastor to please everybody in the church. That's not my job. My job is to preach the truth. So in so doing, I might tick some of you guys off, and that's okay. I'm not here to build relationships with everybody in the church. I know that. I'm not so foolish to think that I'm going to have a relationship with everybody in the church. However, to change a generation means you're going to have to tick some people off. Uh, Patrick Henry was against slavery. Don't you know he ticked a whole lot of slave masters off? He was an abolitionist. He, he was the man that fought for slavery to be abolished. He said, guess what? They might not look like me. I'm willing to die for them. Amen. Nelson Mandela, I, I don't care. I'm willing to die for what's right. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ died for everyone in this room Amen. for what's right. But are we willing to die for what's right? I just read to you a passage from the book of Joshua in Joshua chapter 24. And Joshua challenged his generation to make a choice. He said, listen, if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, then just make a choice. He said, regardless of your choice or choices, as for me and my house, my choice is we're going to serve the Lord. So let me tell you what Joshua said because it blessed me, and I hope this blesses you. What Joshua was, was saying is, you know what? You can do whatever you want to do. Uh -huh. What you do does not change what I'm going to do. Right, right. Because I'm going to serve the Lord regardless of the choices that you make. Yes. He took a stand and said, it's God or nothing. I took a stand when I became a pastor, and I said, God or nothing. If I got to preach to where it offends everybody and they close the doors to the church, I'll preach in the parking lot. Because these four walls cannot contain a generational change agent. And I came to change a generation. I didn't come with just to take up breath and air and space not to change. A generation. And you know what? That same tenacity should be in each and every one of you. Because you got the Holy Spirit. And listen, listen. The only thing you are limited by is yourself. With God, there are no limitations. You only limit yourself. Come on, somebody. I want, you to, I want this to get deep down in your spirit today. Because I want you to know that you can step out in that area that's unknown. You can do that. And guess what? And you will be successful. 
Why? Because success is not measured by how many people you got or how big the ministry is or how big the business is or, or how big is, is, is your, your uh, accounts and all this other stuff, how many clients you got. That's not success. Success for me is not how many people are sitting in these seats. Success in the, in the, in the Christian house, when you got to understand this is different than success in the world, but under God, success is being obedient to the call. So if you are obedient to the call, you're already successful, regardless of the outcome. Are y'all getting this or y'all just processing? Are y'all processing? Okay, I just, I just wanted because y'all kind of quiet. Okay, oh, oh, it's challenging, isn't it? It means it's time for you to step up. I like that. I like that. I like that. Because listen, when you step up, God will show out. Amen. I'm telling you, it's hot in here. I see people fan. This is hot in here. It must be this message. <laughs> is it this message? Is it hot? All right. So, so true freedom only comes by following the Lord. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. You can write these down. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, I said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. Okay, let me, let me, okay, um, okay, I'm going to say where the spirit of the Lord is, and when I do that, I need you to shout freedom. I'm going to have to show you how to do this, okay? So can, can we do that? Y'all got it? Okay, all right, I know y'all kind of waking up. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh, man, man, you sound awake now. Praise the Lord. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Oh, man, you're sounding good. And then you drop down to John 8, 36. It says, so if the sun sets you free, somebody shout freedom. freedom. Come on, no, 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 no. Shout freedom like you really got it. Somebody shout freedom. But freedom is not free. Somebody had to pay. And it was a high cost, too, because Jesus Christ paid the ransom for me and for you. Freedom in this nation. It's not free. A lot of military people died so that this nation can live in liberty. Freedom is not free. And there is nothing. Listen to me close. There is nothing free except salvation. Somebody going to pay. If somebody get up talking about everything is free, somebody is paying for it. Nothing is free. When you hear a politician say it's all free, he's lying. <laughs> Somebody going to pay oh, yeah. <laughs> or already paying because we pay every year. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. There's nothing free but salvation. Nothing free but salvation. And notice how free it is and people still reject it. They would rather live in bondage to the world, but they reject freedom in Christ. Enslaved to the dollar, slaves to sin, slaves to attitudes and emotions, slaves in a relationship. Freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Hallelujah. So now let me talk to you a little bit about transitions and transitioning away from God. And then next Sunday, we're going to talk about transitioning towards God. So this, this, this Sunday, we're talking about transition away from God. And then we're going to talk about transition 
towards God. Look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 16 and 17a in the New Living Translation. Uh, it blessed my heart when I read this. It says, but our ancestors were a proud and a stubborn lot, and they refused to obey your commands. They refused to listen and did not remember the miracles you had done for them. Instead, they rebelled and appointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. My, my, my. Boy, when I read that, I was like, wow, we got to be careful of our leaders because you might get a leader that take you back to Egypt. <laughs> See, we were supposed to be out of Egypt living in freedom, but they were looking for a leader to take them right on back to Egypt. Somebody say, I ain't going back. That's why you got to be careful what leaders you pick because the leader you pick might take you back to Egypt. <laughs> you would think I'm talking about politics, but I'm not. I'm talking about in your marriage. You better be careful who you get married to. <laughs> All the single ladies, where you at? Come on, let me see your hand. Uh-huh, you better be careful. Yeah, woo, it's just, I'm just so free. He's just so attentive. No, that brother got a problem. He ain't that attentive. That brother's controlling. <laughs> ain't nobody that, ain't no, let me tell you something, uh, lady, single ladies, can you say hey? Hey. Let, let me, okay, let me direct. <laughs> I got to talk to y'all, because y'all just getting on my nerves. Going to make me lose my mind. Going to make me act a fool. And he said, I just love, he's just so attentive. He calls me about 20 times a day. Honey, that's not being attentive. That's not being attentive. No, no. I know you like it. I just, ooh, I just, ooh. <laughs> every time he calls, I just get the giggles. No, you better open your eyes, boo. You getting ready to be a slave. You going back to Egypt. You're going to be in the house making bricks without straw. <laughs> Wash them dishes. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> People in church be like, what happened to so-and-so? Hey, she got married and we ain't seen her. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm glad y'all know how to laugh up in here. Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> All right, check this one out right here. Leviticus 23, 13. Look at this one. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. See, God said, I brought you out of something. If God brought you out of something, don't let man take you back. I said, if God brought you out of something, don't let man take you back. Right? Just operate in your freedom. Operate in the things of the Lord. So that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians, I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with your heads held high. Thanks of God, it is no reason that any Christian should be walking around moping with your head down, talking about, whoa, there's so much bad stuff going on in the world. I know that there's been bad stuff going on in the world since the world has existed. Come on, the serpent was in the garden in the first family. But what you need to do is look at the grace of God. For the Bible says where sin abound, grace does much more abound. Amen. Why are we looking at all the darkness? Turn your light on. Amen. The problem is the church is dark. Yes, it is. And we're praying so much about what's dark. 
And it's so dark in the world. There's so much happening in the world. It's most of the time. It's most of the time. And some people sitting up in here right now hadn't turned the light on yet. So what we need to do, saints of God, is understand what God wants for you to do. He wants you to change things, and you can't change anything remaining the same. And you've got people been saved 20 and 30 years, hadn't done nothing for God. Just a bunch of talk. Can on tie two scriptures and you think you are a minister. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it because this, this stuff here is what's killing the church. And we're capitulating to what seems right. You know, the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Just because it seems right, just because it feels good, don't mean it's God. This is it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we're talking about a nation that's going to be moving from God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So if the Lord is not the nation's God, that nation is transitioning away from him. So when we look at this, saints of God, understand something here. Be very, very, I want to be very crystal clear here. America has been moving away from God for a while. It's moving away from God for a while. Here's some of the things. The Ten Commandments doesn't matter anymore. You don't want to pray in schools anymore. Right? They're just moving God out, the things of the Lord, that is. And then we wonder why things are happening the way it's happening. Right? So there's, there should not be a question. So listen, let me, let, me, let me say this. Let me be very, very blunt with what I'm getting ready to say. Unless you deal with the sin, the foundation of it, then nothing is going to change. Okay, let me, just, let me just say it like this. We can talk about hatred. We can talk about racism. We can talk about all kinds of stuff that's going on, right? We can talk about all that stuff, and I think, I think we do need to have some conversations about it. Don't get me wrong. And I think there's some things that are going on. Uh, it's systemic evil. I, I, I believe in racist people, black and white racist people. But all of that hinges from one three-letter word, sin. If we don't deal with the sin, all of this metastasize. It will metastasize all over the place. It will grow, and it will infect everyone around. This is why we have to be faithful to the call because we can't allow it, first of all, to infect us. We have to make sure that we stay with the truth. Truth is not something that we have invented. Truth was here before we were born. Truth will be here when we're dead and gone. Let me tell you why. Because truth is God. And Jesus said, I am the truth. And Jesus is God, so that means God is truth. And without God, there is no truth. So when you move God out, there's no truth. So when you got God out, all you have is error. And when error is there, then everything is welcomed. Ooh-wee. I knew that was going to be tight. 
All right, let me give you this one right here, then. Let me see if I can ease your heart a little bit. Write this down. When the walls of truth have been removed, the floodgates of error will infiltrate a generation. What we have is a generation that does not know the Lord, just like in Joshua's day. We have a generation that's moved away from God, and we've got to get this generation back. So I'm not here to talk about what, how bad it is. I'm here to talk about how we're going to make it better. Because it's got to start with us. It's got to start right here. Somebody says it's going to start with me. It's got to start with us, saints of God. It starts by having healthy intellectual conversations about what's going on. Now, now, Pastor, what do you think about there are some racist white cops? Absolutely there's racist white cops. But there are racist black cops, too. There's racist people, period. Right? Nothing justifies a, an inexcusable shooting. Nothing. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But, I, but I'm all for being a pastor and because I can look around this building and I see black people, white people, I see people from the islands, I see people from, from, from Cuba, I see people that are from all over the place. So my heart is always all lives matter. It's all lives. Right? Because I believe the black lives that have been shot down in Chicago matter too. And Memphis, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Baltimore, yeah. Charlotte. I believe, I believe those lives matter too. But I also believe that because of Roe versus Wade, that the black babies' lives matter too. Amen. And because I'm pro-life, because I'm a pastor, I just truly believe that those lives matter. Those are millions of babies. Those lives matter too. Hello, somebody. Don't get quiet on me now. You like act like you didn't know what church you walked up into. Why? I'm here to change a generation. I'm not here to make friends. The only thing that's going to change people is truth. So I'm giving you the truth. Check this out. Due to perverted living and rebellion during Noah's day, the waters of judgment destroyed the wicked. When Sodom and Gomorrah yielded to wickedness and evil, the fires of judgment destroyed the cities. When Egypt refused to allow God's people to worship the only true and living God, the ten plagues destroyed the city. When the nation of Israel rebelled against God, they were judged. We can already see the ramifications of a nation who's turned its back on God right here in America. A nation that transitions away from God is not a healthy nation. It's not a prosperous nation. However, saints of God, I don't want you to focus on the negativity. We already see it. I don't want you to focus on the darkness. I want you to focus on what can I do, me, to make a difference in somebody else's life. That's where we need to focus. Because if you don't watch it, you might be running down this rabbit trail with somebody who don't even have the facts. And then once your emotions get tied into it, then you bought into it. And you know what's happened? You have become a slave to that rant. Because the Bible says, whatever you obey, you become a slave of. God took us out of Egypt so that we can be free. I want you to stay free. Can somebody say amen? amen. So, so with the floodgates of error, we'll, we'll just, it's, it's wide if we don't bring the truth. And the only way you're going to understand what error is, you've got to understand what the truth is. Now, uh, there was an a, a FBI agent. He, he, um, he was one of those people who can tell a counterfeit bill just by looking at it. And he would just look at it and say, this is a counterfeit. 
And so the reporter asked him, he said, well, you must have to study a lot of counterfeit bills so that you can determine what's counterfeit and what's real. He said, no, I just know the real thing. He said, because, since I know the real thing, I know what something looks like that's not real. <laughs> All right. I know it. I know it's sinking in. It's just one of those kind of messages. Let me give you one last little note here. Any leader without a strong resolve for godly principles is naive and downright feckless at unifying a nation. If we don't bring godly principles back from the top, then you're going to see more shootings, more darkness, more evil. That's why we got to take a stand now. We can't wait. Enough is enough. We're going to have to stand as a church right now, and we've got to raise our children to understand what truth is. Amen. Right? Listen, listen. There are no person born a racist <laughs> or a bigot. That's taught. So what are we teaching our children? What are we saying in the kitchen <laughs> about another people group? thinking you're the only ones in the kitchen. And then when your child says it out in the hood somewhere, and you go, what did you? Mm, okay. Is this making sense at all? <laughs> all right, let me give you one last verse, and then I'm going to pray a blessing over you. <laughs> Y'all looking kind of tight out there, ain't I? <laughs> all right, check this out. God bless America. He has already done that. It is time for America. To bless our God. Amen. America's already been blessed. Still blessed. We're still the most blessed nation, guys. But if we want to keep it blessed, we're going to have to make some changes. We're going to have to make some changes. Amen. So I want to transition a bit here because that was kind of heavy. Next Sunday is going to be a lot lighter because we're going to talk about what it looks like when we do transition to God. Y'all look a little flushed in the face. So I want to put some, some life back in you. So what I, what I want to do here, saints, is God gave me this to pray over you. So it's eight things to declare over this generation. And this is what God wants me to pray over you uh, because I truly believe that everybody in this room is going to make a significant difference in the generation. And because I believe that, I want to pray this prayer over you. Now, th these are just eight things that the Father gave me to pray over you this morning. I want to make a declaration, which means I'm prophesying over you. So I want to, I want to speak all eight, there's four right there, and I got four on the next slide. I want to speak all eight of these things into your life. Nobody knows the day or the hour. So I'm not going to sit back and wait for all of the right opportunities to do something to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference right now. Right? And the best way to make a difference is to pray something significant into your spirit that's going to make a huge deposit and God is going to get his change. Hello? Okay, I see y'all trying to, you're trying to, I'm sorry, sorry, you're trying to get that on your phones. All right, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get it. Everybody stand to your feet. All right, now, I'm going to be praying these things into your spirit. It's up to you to take it from there. Amen? All right, now, wait a minute. First of all, how many of you expecting greater things in your life first? Okay, Woo. I just want, just want to make sure that you guys want greater, greater things in your life because I want greater for your life. Okay, everybody's good? All right, let's go back. Okay, everybody stand. Everybody stand. Because this is not about Covenant Community Church. This is about his church. 
And I want you to operate in and capitalize on everything that God has for you. And if God put this in my spirit to give it to you, it must be something to it. Because otherwise, this would have been my prayer only. But he wanted me to share this with you because we do want to be generational change agents. Amen. Put your hand on your heart and say, I am, I am a, generational a generational change agent. Okay, so Father, in the name of Jesus, as it relates to new relationships, I just pray right now, may your relationships with the Lord be new and fresh, and may he supernaturally connect you horizontally with others who will cause you to come into a greater level of success and purpose. Father, I pray new acts. May the Lord divinely intervene in your life with healings, signs, wonders, and miracles. I pray a new identity in you. May his fullness flow through your personality. May your soul be restored, renewed, refreshed, revived, and reinvigorated. New weapons for the war ahead. May you receive everything you need to defeat your enemies and make them your footstool. My, 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 my. That's good right there. Amen. All right, let's go. Number five. A new garment of favor. With your new identity, may you radiate with favor and have access into new doors and windows of opportunity. That's somebody just picked that one up right there because somebody is looking for a new window. They're looking for a new door of opportunity to be released. This is, this is the prayer right here. God is saying, I'm releasing it. All you got to do is walk in it. Come on. Somebody looking for some new windows, some new doors. As a matter of fact, I'm praying uncommon windows and uncommon doors into your life right now. There, there are some significant, significant things that's going to happen uh, in, the, in the near future, but God says it shall not come nigh thy dwelling. God is going to keep you protected. I'm, I'm, a new sound. Come on. May you hear the sound of victory. Somebody shout, victory! A new sound of victory and shout this sound from the rooftops that no matter what's happening all around you, you got the victory. A new anointing. May you be anointed in a way that every yoke is broken and every burden is destroyed. And lastly, a new level of authority. May you receive the ability to stand in dominion in the sphere of authority that you have been granted by God. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.